began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean or demonic spirits. Verse 12. And they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Now King Herod heard of him and uh, for his name, that is Jesus' name, had become well known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Verse 16, this is John whom I, that is I being Herod, beheaded. He is from the dead, for Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of his wife Herodias, his brother's, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Verse 18, because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Verse 30, then the apostles gathered to Jesus, this is after their ministry tour, and told Jesus all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. They told Jesus what they did and what they taught. In verse 31, and Jesus said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and get some rest. Amen. I want to speak to you on the subject, uh, five qualities of true partnership. Five qualities of true partnership. As we just have gone through this wonderful partnership ceremony and for those of you who are first-time guests uh, we call people who join our church partners as opposed to members because there is a part there is a role that individuals are to play and we we compared our church if you remember to a restaurant we call this place the pt restaurant and one of the reasons why we call it a restaurant is because the word restaurant is derived from the word restaurare, and it's the same Latin word that derives the word restore. And our mission as a church is to restore broken lives to the glory of God. Um, do we have any first-time guests here? If you're a first-time guest, just raise your hand. Any first-time guests? No first-time guests? There's one. Uh, okay. So we have one. Uh, raise your hand. Thank you, sir. We want to give you a menu. Is there another first-time guest around here? Uh, uh, well, we'll make sure we get one downstairs. There's probably some downstairs. That you come back. So we've got a gift card for you as well. Okay, where's my man? Where's my man? Yep, there's a gift card to remind you of us. And you all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Good restaurants want people to come back. And... When you look at a restaurant menu, they have signature dishes. 
And our signature dishes, we call our seven Ps, uh, preaching the word of God. Uh, well, let me look at it to make sure I say it. And preaching the word of God, prayer, praise, partnership. So this morning, you experienced one of our signature dishes, being a presence in the community, professionalism. We want to do, just because we're the church, doesn't mean we want to do things uh, uh, raggedy. Yeah, we think that's a word. Uh, and also, we want to operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but I want to I key in on partnership. Partnership. And not only is this a word to those of us who just joined Pentecostal Tabernacle, but I want this to be a reminder for those of us who are partners in PT. I think we have around, um, around 300 partners right now. Well, of course, that number's gone up. But the point is, is that I want to remind us why we do what we do, why we are partners. And I want to talk about five qualities of a partnership. Of partnership. And if you're taking notes, uh, five qualities are responsibility, rapport, reproof, report, and refuge. These are the five qualities. Yes, there's others, but these, these five I want to focus on. Responsibility, rapport, reproof, report, and refuge. Responsibility. I, uh, I'm a fan of uh, Stephen Covey, who's now passed away. He wrote uh, a number of books, but his famous book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things he, he said, and I love this term, he says, we all have a responsibility that is a re an ability to respond. Meaning that just because someone did something to you that you didn't like, you can you 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 have the ability to respond appropriately. Are you following me so far? And and so um, when we talk about responsibility, what I like here is in chapter twelve and chapter thirteen. Chapter sorry, verse twelve and verse thirteen. The Bible says that Jesus gave his apostles or gave his disciples the responsibility to preach the gospel, to cast out demons, and to heal the sick. If you want to know what our responsibility as believers are, it is to preach the gospel, to cast out demons, and to heal the sick. The word responsibility, if you look at a dictionary, one of the definitions of responsibility is burden. One of the definitions of responsibility of not only is, is, is burden, but it's also uh, of importance, or the word responsibility means trust. And what am I saying? I'm saying that as a church... We have an objective. We're, we're heading someplace. We're not just in this room having a kumbaya hour for the week. We, we have an objective. We have a vision. And our vision is to bring spice into every life that comes within contact of Pentecostal Tabernacle or uh, with whom we come in contact with. That is, that is, when we're talking about restoring broken lives, what does a restored life look like? A restored life looks like a spice life. That is, it is a life that's growing as what? Spiritually. P, what? Physically. I, intellectually. C, characteristically. And E, economically. Economically, meaning that, that, that 
and we're going to start having small groups and things that deal with economics because the bottom line is, is Jesus said this, if you can't, Jesus said this, if you can't handle money, why should I give you spiritual authority? The Bible says more about money than heaven and hell combined. It's quiet in this place. So we, we're talking about, we're talking about the fact that, that our goal is to make sure that you and I are growing in all areas. And sometimes we forget the Bible says not only in first Corinthians chapter six, but second Corinthians chapter six, same chapter that our bodies are the temple of God. You ought to be taking care of your body. Amen. And my, my wife, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, yesterday we were someplace and I came up a flight of stairs and I was like, <laughs> and she's like, what you breathing so hard? I said, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. I got to handle my business. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to get in shape. You need to, we need to get in shape. We need to get in shape. We need to get in shape. You can't be in your 20s and huffing and puffing because you went from the first floor to the third floor of 345 Washington Street. Come on. You're too young for that. Amen. We give you two minutes. Come on, take two minutes. And you can only do 20 seconds. And then you do that spiritual. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Trying to look all spiritual. No, you're just tired, but you're trying to look all spiritual. Tell you, he's talking about you right now. Come on. We, so we, so we have a, we, we have a responsibility to, to, to carry the burden. We're heading someplace as a church. We want to bring spice throughout not only Cambridge, but throughout the world. Amen. The other thing that's so important about partnership is that we have a responsibility to make sure that God is able to accomplish what he wants to accomplish with the optimum ability. What do I mean? Meaning that as long as we're doing solo acts, God can't do fully what he wants to do. What do you mean? The, 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 the burden uh, and, of, and responsibility of partnership is that we maximize the kingdom. What do you mean? I mean this. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 30 says, one shall put a thousand to flight, but two should put 2,000 to flight, right? No. 10,000, meaning that, meaning that, uh, the effects is exponential. Uh, there's a, they did a study and they said, they said two, uh, oxens, when they're pulling, when they're pulling, uh, a burden, two oxens can pull four times their amount. There's something about agreement. There's something about two coming together. And that's why it's so important that even Matthew chapter 8 verse 18 verse 19 and 20, Jesus said that uh, if two of you should agree on anything, I will do it. That's why the devil, mm, that's why the devil always tries to create, listen to, watch this, division. Die vision. When you're not seeing the same thing. Why? Because he knows the exponential power of agreement. You have got to fight for agreement. Not simply in this church, but if you're married, you've got to fight for agreement in your house. Oh. Then there's a rapport. The power of partnership is rapport. 
The Bible says that Jesus, he called the 12 together, but sent them out two by two. Rapport means connection. Rapport means relationship. We are our brother's keeper. We, we need to establish connections and friendships. And the Bible says here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse uh, 9 to 12, that, that two are better than one, so that if one falls, the other can pick them up. But woe to the person who has nobody around them when they fall. Mm, my God. My God. Who are you connected to? Who are you in relationship with? As Elder Roy regularly says to people, if you if you were to leave PT, who would miss you? And if nobody misses you, that's on you. You, you and I need to take responsibility for connecting. Well, I wasn't here for six weeks and nobody called you. Well, did you connect to somebody who would miss you? Or as soon as I say, and may the Lord bless, you you jet out the door, and we don't even know. Oh. Well, you don't understand. You know, I have I have claustrophobia, and I just don't like the agoraphobia, and I just don't like crowds. Well, you you better you uh, get one crowd, one person, and and have a rapport and have a connection with them, because Jesus. He sent them out two by two. Even in Acts chapter 3, verse uh, 1 to 10, the Bible says Peter and John were boys. They, they, were, they were walking together. They connected together. It's, you, you, we want to make, and, and I'm excited when I see these little pockets of communities of people connecting who would have never connected if they didn't come to this church. And then reproof, responsibility, rapport, Reproof, oh Jesus. Oh Lord, this is a tough one. Mm, this is a tough one. Uh, Mark chapter 6 verse 18, it says that, that Herod was upset because John reproved him about the fact that he basically took his brother's wife. And nobody said anything but John. See, the word reproof means to be corrected, especially gently to be admonished to be to notice to warn now uh let me just i'm just using this as a as a um example example it's not true example this is the price of being an armor bearer okay so if i said to eric who how long you been married 20 years 20 years wow Woo. Now, what if I, now, because, because of, you know, this whole thing about reproof and, and we're connected, we're, we have rapport. If I saw Eric, you know, every Sunday talking to a certain young lady, I, was, I would say, I would say things like, hey, Eric, I, I notice, see, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a soft reproof. I notice, and I'm trying to give him a soft reproof. Because his wife, if she found out, she would kill him. So I'm trying to, and I need an armor bearer. So, <laughs> but, but when someone says, hey, I notice, they're trying to give you a reproof. Who's in your life who notices 
things that aren't going the way they should and, and have permission to correct you. The Bible says that the word of God in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it is profitable for correction and reproof. If you have people in your life who will tell you the truth in love, you are a blessed person. If you have people who watch you go over a ditch and don't say anything, that is not a friend. I remember my wife one time had to go to a real good friend, and and I think she had a story before. Every time we were with her friend, and friend raised her hand to praise the Lord, it was like, whoa. Whoa. In other words, whoa. <laughs> and I said, honey, you got to tell. You, you, you got you to gotta tell her. And I wasn't, no, I, I don't want to because that's so, you know. Uh, I said, but if you're a friend. Oh, this is quiet in here. We don't like to say the hard things. I mean, come on. No one takes joy saying something that they know is going to hurt somebody, but they also know, this is a bad word right here, they also know that if I don't say it, something's gonna, worse going to happen. Turn to somebody and say, are you my friend? Oh, it's quiet in here. It's quiet in here. It's quiet in here. Beware of being around people who always tell you what you want to hear. I'll say it again. Beware of being around people who always tell you what you want to hear. I said, beware of people who always tell you what you want to hear. I'm talking to you children right now. My parents are always in my business. Why don't they just leave me alone? I want to be with my friend. Yeah, well, when the bottom falls out, mommy, mommy. Oh, oh, you want to be my friend now, huh? Galatians chapter 2, verse 1, 11 to 14. I'm going to let the, chil- the children go. This is powerful. Paul's the new guy on the block. He's not one of the original 12 to walk with Jesus. By the grace of God, God uses Paul to bring in these non-Jews. Peter is the person who preaches the first message that the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. According to the rule book of the Jews, if you can't even have contact with Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, because if you did, you were unclean. But now, through the grace of Jesus Christ, Paul says, uh, um, in Christ there is neither Jew or Greek. We're all in one family. And and Peter was like, yeah, we're, we are family. You know, and they're really they're enjoying this fellowship. And then all of a sudden... Uh, Peter's Jewish friends come in town and they say, what's up, Pete? Now, Pete, the day before, was hanging out with his Gentile friends. But as soon as the boys from Jerusalem come, Peter, all of a sudden, now he don't know his Gentile friends. And his Gentile friends, hey, Peter, yo, man, I did some good barbecue and we had some barbecue pork. Come on, Peter. We have some lobsters going on the grill. And Peter's like, nah, 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 nah. What, what, are you talking to me? I, <laughs> and, and, and Paul realized that Peter was being two-faced. He was being a hypocrite. 
And Paul jumped in his face and said, you're being a hypocrite. Because the day before, you were hanging out with the Gentiles, but now, all of a sudden, you're ashamed. And, and read, it, read it for yourself. Paul said, I confronted him to his face. Well, Paul, Paul was, Paul, don't matter. and Paul was short. He's like, I, conf- I don't know how he did it, but Paul, Paul, Paul was a roughneck. Like, don't mess with me. Who will you, who's the Lord asking you? I know you went, ha, ha, crazy. Who's the Lord asking you to reprove right now? Want to pause right there. Want all the children who are going to Sunday school to stand right now. Stand. If you're going to Sunday school, don't move. Just stand. And right now, I want you to point your hand in their direction. And just 30, for 30 seconds, let's pray right now for them. This may be the only time the church prays for them. Father, we thank you for our children. We thank you for your grace upon their lives. Lord, we thank you for protecting many of them. I know that they were on vacation. A number of them were on vacation this week. Thank you for protecting them, Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that even as they go into the next week, that your peace, your shalom, your rest, your grace will be upon them. Anoint the teachers, Lord, that they will receive the word of the Lord in their heart. For David said, by word have I hid in my heart that I might not miss a sin against you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We release our children and the Sunday school uh, teachers. As a partner, we have a responsibility. We want to have a rapport. At times, we want to bring reproof. I, I shared with you a number of times how, uh, you know, when when Vanessa was a teenager, she was about thirteen years old, and you know, it's wonderful. It's wonderful when you have people who are in your life and they see you regularly. And I remember him saying, "What's wrong with you, Vanessa? She looks sad." And I remember I said, well, you know, I'm trying to give her some constructive criticism. He said, well, whatever you're giving is not working. And part of me was like, if you want to speak at this church again, you need to keep your mouth out of my business. But I had to pray about that. And I realized, you know what? I have a choice. I can either lose my pride or lose my daughter. I need to say that again. You can either lose your pride or lose your daughter. And I decided to lose my pride. And and I believe that that was one of the most critical decisions I made for Vanessa now becoming the woman that she is now. Well, she's 30 now, by the grace of God. But my point is, is that who's in your life who will bring loving reproof? And it can't always be a spouse. Because as much as Carmen is a beautiful woman, she is not a man. Sometimes you need somebody of the same sex to tell you about yourself. It's quiet in here. Turn your name and say, he's trying to help you. 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 And then there's report. Oh, my goodness. Accountability. The Bible says that they went out and preached and they came back to Jesus and told him everything they did and everything they said. Acts chapter 15 talks about Paul going up to 
uh, Jerusalem because there was a problem of the fact that people were wondering, you know, why is Paul preaching a gospel that's that's um, trying to they're trying to figure out whether to whether to turn Gentiles into Christian Jews. And so they were asking him, they were saying, you know, we think that the Gentiles should be should be circumcised. And Paul was Paul went up to Jerusalem because that was the headquarters. And James, who's Jesus's brother, he was the bishop. He was the overseer of the church. And, you know, they, I, th- I think they brought uh, Timothy with them. I'm not sure. But and and so Paul was arguing the fact that we should not put a burden on the Jewish uh, people, uh, sorry, on the Gentiles, like was a burden on us who are Jewish. And 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 the point is that Paul made himself accountable to the to the head of the church, which at that time was uh, the apostle, uh, no, James, Jesus' brother, not James, John brother. And so he was accountable. And and James, who was the head of the Jerusalem church, he he they they all gathered in prayer, and James came out. And I like what he said. He said, "We prayed," and he said, "And it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to put this burden on." the Gentiles, and all the Gentiles are like, yippee, praise God for that. The point is, is that we have got to be accountable. Who are you accountable to? Accountability will keep you safe. Who who do you, the word report, re-port. Re means back, and port means carry. For example, portable, carryable. So, who do you carry stuff back to? Who do you report to? No, I, there's there's a there's a accountability that I have to this woman. So if she says, "No, hey Brian, where you going?" I don't say, "I'm a grown man." What do you keep asking me that for? I said, "Grown man." I didn't put anything between grown and man. <laughs> accountable to who who do you have check-ins with who who's your brother who can again call you on your lack of spending time with the lord let's i'm not talking about the negative things how about the positive things are you praying are you reading the word are you sharing the gospel what are, are you growing spiritually who do you report to Mm. Some of you like, I don't know if I should have became a partner of this church. Maybe I, (laughs) but it'll keep you safe. It'll keep you safe. It'll keep you safe. When you have people in your life who says, Hey, I noticed you and your wife aren't talking like you used to. What's, 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 What's going on? Hey, I noticed this about your child. What, what's going on? Stay out of my business, man. No, we are family. I, I was sharing with somebody, I said, I I don't know where my daughters would be without this church. And I'm the pastor. I can't tell you how many aunties and uncles have come into their lives and spoke things into their lives 
that made them the woman they are today. And you know how it is, Elder Nita. Sometimes you've been telling your child something over and over again, and I don't know, auntie, uncle, favorite comes and says, hey, why don't you do this? And you're like, guess what, mom, guess what they told me, mommy? And I'm like, look. I've been telling you this for three years, okay? Three years, and they just they just take you out to a little dinner. And you acting like they're Columbus, like they discovered a new. <laughs> Can I get away? Any parents? Any parents? But praise God. Because there's a time like, I don't care how you get it. Can I get a witness, parents? I don't care how you get it. Just get it. So stop getting all up in your feelings and just be glad that somebody told them the truth. Amen. Sometimes you can either say, hey, you know, um, you know, Beatrice, could you kind of talk to my child? No, we're family. We're family. We are family. Even though you're Puerto Rican, I'm a West Indian. We are family. Because we have the same father. We're not just church members. We're not just business partners. We're family. We're family. And when someone gets a promotion, yay! Bring a I, look. This is we need to be a place where there's good reports. Now here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. I've had people who have called me with good reports. And this is a sad thing. They said, I can't, I can't share this with everybody else because they're going to think I'm showing off. They're going to think they're going to be hating on me. They're going to be thinking, no, it's, it's sad. But the Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice. Who, who, who can give, who can bring you good news and know that you're generally happy for them? Because everybody, I don't know, I don't care who you are, everybody when something good happens to you, you're looking like, who can I share this with? Who can I share this with? You buy some you no know, shoes or some outfit that you've been looking like, ooh, I look good in this. You're like, you're like, you who can I show? Who who can I show who who can I show this so that they'll say, ah, ah, eh, ah. Can I get a witness? I mean something good happened to you. You don't want to say, oh, it, it I. It I. No, I want I want, I mean, I want a parade. Come on, can I get a witness out there? I want celebration. I want you to do three minutes shout. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. Give him more. I want, come on, who, who celebrates with you? Who celebrates with you? Who's the first one you can call and say, I know they're going to be excited for me. Even if they wanted the same thing I wanted and didn't get it, they're still rejoicing for me. That's true partnership. You got a brand new house. I'm still in an apartment, but I'm rejoicing in you, with you, and I'm going to help you move. Because I understand I'm going to reap what I sow. And sometimes God allows those people to come into your life just to see how you're going to respond. 
He was quiet in there. In that refuge, oh, the Bible says that Jesus, when the disciples came back and it was busy, people coming and going, Jesus says, let's go away and rest. Paul the Apostle, not Paul, Peter, Peter and John, when they're thrown in prison, they got out of prison. The Bible says, for preaching the gospel and healing the man, the Bible says that they went back to their own company. They went back to the church. The word refuge, my final point, it means stronghold. It means shelter. It means security. When life hits you with an unexpected blow, who do you flee back to? Who 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 can you go to? That's that's the power of partnership. Who can call you at a late hour because you're devastated and they'll say to you, I'll be over to see you. Just give me five minutes. Who Who's that person? That's the power of small groups and partnership. What what I love about this church is I see people who are really close and I'm like, how did that how did that happen? I mean, you're from here and they're from there and it just we just we just connected and 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 to have people who 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 can call you. I remember I said this I'm just giving you an example. I remember, because um, sometimes you think these prophets never, you know, they're always in the clouds with the heavenlies. But I remember calling um, uh, Pastor Taylor one time, and I mean, he sounded so, I mean, he sounded, I had never heard him sound this down before. And I said to him, I'm getting on a plane, and I'm flying out to San Francisco to see you. And I think his mindset was like, this is Brian Green. Everything's got to be planned. I know you ain't coming. <laughs> and I called him. I said, my flight's going to arrive at such and such a time. And I remember, I remember when I came how grateful he was to know that I have a friend that's going to drop what he has on his plate because of my need. Do you have those kind of friends? That's what partnership is all about. That's what partnership, when we're going through deep grief, deep brokenness, deep hurt, that there are people who we can run to. And yes, it's nice to be able to, of course, we all run to the Lord. But I need sometimes a human hug. Not hug me, Jesus. No, I need, I need a, it's going to be okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a few moments to just bow in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And maybe one of these points resonated with you that the Lord is saying to, to you.
I need you to work a little bit more on this area. I need you to work a little bit more on celebrating with people who have made accomplishments and they, they're looking for somebody to celebrate with, but they can't find that person. Let that be that, let you be that person. You find out someone got tenured or somebody got a promotion or somebody's getting engaged or something that's really good. Maybe you become that person that screams and rejoices and hey, I'm going to take you out to dinner. Or you send that surprise card saying, congratulations. Oh, Father, let this be a church of true partnership. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and we pray that you would help us to become a church, a community that that is our brother and our sister's keeper. I pray that this word will be worked out not simply as a theory but as part of the DNA of this church that we truly believe that if we would partner with each other we can do great things for the kingdom of God. I pray that a spirit of agreement will just move through this this auditorium, this building, agreement with with husbands and wives, agreements with uh, fathers and daughters and sons and mothers and daughters and sons, agreement with friends, agreement with just agreement, spirit of agreement, because the place of agreement is a place of power. I pray for the Spirit of God long after this service is over that you will begin to press the button of the area where we need to work on as individuals. In Jesus' name.